to the podcast on Matters That Matter by Srinivas Patil. Srinivas is a certified energy auditor with more than two decades of experience in plant utilities, EHS, environment, health and safety and project management. With his competency, knowledge and experience, Srinivas helps industries in providing sustainability solutions, facilities assessment and project management of greenfield projects. Hope you enjoyed listening to the episode. Hello and welcome to this podcast, Matters That Matter. So today we have uh, on our show, Mr. Ramesh Natarajan. Mr. Ramesh Natarajan is a battery expert with three decades of experience in batteries. He is he has authored his book, which has got wide publicity on Amazon, Batteries Demystified. So let's hear from Mr. Natarajan about batteries and its impact on sustainability. I welcome Mr. Ramesh Natarajan. Welcome, sir, to this show. Thank you. Looking forward to this episode of yours. Thanks. Thanks a lot for accepting the invitation, sir. When I started my career in industry, hmm. I predominantly remember the tubular batteries, hmm. and then as we moved on, there were the SMF batteries. Hmm. So I just have a collection of these two batteries. I remember these two batteries, but now technology has progressed, and there are so many batteries. Almost every household we use batteries either in home, either at home or in the car. So as a battery expert, can you just take us through how the battery technology has progressed and what are the different batteries available in the market? See, basically, when you're talking of SMF batteries and tubular batteries, both of these are lead-acid batteries. Okay. Now, when you ask about uh, what are the different types of batteries, basically, we have, uh, you know, to start with two types of batteries. One is the primary battery which you use and uh, dispose of, like what you use in your remotes, toys, or, uh, you know, the small batteries which are there. And then the second type is the secondary battery. Mm. Now, from what I understand, we need to discuss about the secondary batteries. Yeah, yeah. In the secondary batteries also, there are various types. The most popular and the one which you mentioned in the beginning is the lead acid battery. Okay. And when you talk of cars, okay, these were the same batteries which were used in the cars for engine starting and uh, that is the lead acid battery. But off late with the arrival of EVs, we find lithium ion batteries. Mm -hmm. In the secondary batteries, the various types are, of course, nickel cadmium is also there, mm. sodium ion is also there, mm. nickel iron is there. Mm. But then these are not as popular or as well known to the people as the lead acid and the lithium ion battery. Mm. Now, uh, these are the major two types which are prominently used. The lithium ion, of course, uh, came into EVs much later. It uh, lithium ion was first used in uh, you know the toys, the cameras, mm -hmm. the portable tools, mm -hmm. and the very popular use was in the mobile phones. Mm -hmm. And now the lithium ion, because of uh, uh, you know very clear advantages mm -hmm. in terms of um, acceptability of quick charge, and uh, also with respect to the weight, uh, mm -hmm. you know for a car you cannot have 
the very heavy lead acid batteries in a EV mm. because then you get less mileage. Yeah. So the lithium ion was preferred mm. because of that. So that is how uh, the lithium ion in the EVs okay. uh, have found uh, a lot of, you know, they are very popular in the EVs. Mm. And uh, lead acid, of course, continues to be in various applications. Okay. The lead acid batteries, of course, are used for uh, stationary applications. Mm. Like you mentioned about the inverters, mm. they are used for large UPS systems in industries, mm. especially process industries where they do not want the power to you know, affect the production. Mm. They are used in telecom substations. Mm. They are used for um, nuclear power stations. Mm. They are used in railways. Okay. They are used in material handling equipments. Mm. They are also used in golf carts, scrubbers, mm. sweepers, mm. wheelchairs, and uh, of course in automobiles for starting. Mm. In fact, uh, I mean, I don't know whether you are aware, but even in the EVs where they have these lithium ion batteries, mm they still have under the bonnet hmm. one lead acid battery of 12 volt. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that is still being used, mm -hmm. uh, which is a lead acid battery. Mm. And um, off late lithium ion is also getting into the material handling equipment segment mm. that is used in forklifts, pallet mm. trucks, platform mm. trucks and all. And lithium ion batteries are also getting into golf carts mm. and uh, probably into scrubber sweepers segments mm -hmm. also. But uh, these are the areas where uh, lead acid batteries uh, may be probably replaced by lithium, lithium ion. ion. Okay. Another thing when they talk of lithium ion, they say that after it has been used in the car hmm. for a certain number of years hmm. or whatever, they are talking about the second life for lithium ion. And uh, one of the main reasons for this is lithium ion as of now is not so easily recyclable hmm. uh, from the economic uh, viewpoint as well as the practical viewpoint also. Hmm. So, they are thinking that after it finishes its life in a EV, hmm. they will, you know, uh, uh, put a different capacity hmm. to the battery because it hmm. will have less capacity hmm. and use that in a second life application which is for stationary batteries, hmm. maybe in home inverters or in industrial applications. Hmm. So, that is what they are thinking of using lithium ion. But as of now, Lead acid still, because it is recyclable, because it's got a scrap value mm. and because of various reasons, lead acid batteries are still very popular. Okay, thank you. That, that was quite elaborate response, reply. And it enlightened about the different batteries process as well. What I want to also understand is normally now we have batteries at every household and we perceive it as a... Uh, install or fit and forget type of thing so but i am curious about it as to how is battery such a simple thing or how elaborate is the process you mentioned about the lithium ion batteries and the lead acid batteries as the two predominant batteries how are these batteries produced because for for a layman it it sits in the corner of the room or sits under the hood of the vehicle so mm. no one ever wonders about how it is produced so I will be interested to understand from you as a battery expert, how is exactly, what's the broader manufacturing process See, of the battery? As far as lithium ion is concerned, I'll first answer lithium ion. Yeah. The reason is uh, in India, they are only being assembled. Hmm. Most of these lithium ion cells get imported. They are sorted out. Hmm. They are sorted out for uniformity 
in with respect to voltage and internal resistance and all these parameters and they basically are then segregated and grouped together and assembled mm. and tested and then given to the people for using mm. so as as of now in india there isn't a real so to say manufacturer right from the uh, a to z sort okay. of thing but then when it comes to lead acid batteries we have a lot of industries both in the organized sector and unorganized sector mm. also and uh, there are a lot of recyclers also in india mm. and uh, uh, you know the recyclability you won't believe it's almost about 95% plus oh. is you can recycle mm. i mean uh, today the battery which i'm using in my car mm. may be containing the lead mm. which maybe i've used in you know uh, probably in my own car about 15 years back or yeah. 20 years yeah. back <laughs> or probably my father has used in his <laughs> car i wouldn't know but that is the condition when it comes to lead <laughs> but in lithium ion that is one major disadvantage <laughs> and we say lithium ion it the battery actually has so many components uh, mm. more than 20 components go in mm. there's manganese there's cobalt there's mm. lithium mm. and there's graphite and uh, so many things go in you uh, how are you going to separate out so many things for mm. recycling mm. and uh, so lithium ion is a different ball game mm. now when you talk of process mm. well i can explain you the process mm. of a lead acid in detail because that's made right from a to z mm. here in india mm. by many people now uh, one more thing i mean because we talking of lithium ion and we talked of re- recyclability mm. one more thing is i sometimes wonder whether the people who are using these batteries now in the mm-hmm. vehicle maybe 3 years 4 years or 5 years down the line mm. uh, okay the batteries are guaranteed for 8 years suppose mm. we presume that 100% it works for 8 years mm. what are they going to do with those batteries mm. probably uh these will be the waste battery if no good recycling method is found out mm. or established economically mm. there is a possibility that the scrap lithium ion batteries may be considered like a e waste mm. or a medical waste mm. in which case it's a catastrophe mm. because you won't know what to do with all that uh, lithium ion batteries mm. i mean you can't even use it in landfill or anything because mm. after all it's a dangerous thing mm. and uh, when it comes to lead acid batteries um, now you want to understand the process yeah actually understanding the process in a podcast is quite <laughs> difficult because it's a highly process oriented industry i will tell you the various departments and you will mm. understand that you know you start first from taking an alloy of lead mm. and melting it in a furnace mm. and then casting it Hmm. and after the casting is done you cast it as positive separately hmm. the negative separately hmm. now when you talk of automotive batteries both the positives and the negatives are a mesh like structure hmm. but when you talk of tubular the positive is a spine type hmm. and the negatives are a mesh like structure hmm. so hmm. they are different hmm. now different types of batteries hmm. and different ah capacities hmm. uh, the standardization is not very easily possible hmm. especially when it comes to industrial batteries mm. in automotive you have some sort of standardization yeah. and uh, by changing the number of plates mm-hmm. you can increase the ah mm. and uh, it's somewhat possible but even there basically you have three types 
there's a standard grid mm. there's a japanese narrow type grid mm. and there's a din german type grid mm. so the sizes vary so mm. these three types are there mm. uh, and when it comes to industrial you have many types okay okay and then so you cast the grids mm. and then the next thing is you uh, have a mixing department where lead oxide is mixed with acid water and certain chemicals mm. and that mix is applied to the grid mm. when it comes to tubular you have a filling department mm. where the powder is blended mm. and filled in the tubular mm. positive plates mm. acha now after the mix has been made it is applied mm. in the pasting department mm. in the case of mm. negatives in yeah. the case of automotive for both positive and negative you make different type of mix mm. and apply it so basically we have finished i mean not finished <laughs> but i have mentioned to you mm. a casting department mm. a mixing department mm. a pasting department mm. and when it comes to tubular a casting department and a filling department yeah. now after the filling in the case of uh, tubular mm. you go to pickling mm. but in the case of pasted plates mm. you go to something known as a curing operation mm. and after the curing you have a drying mm. and then there is an option you mm. can take the pickled dried plate a mm. uh, dried plate and you can take the cured plate mm. and you can form these plates mm. that is charge these plates mm. or you can directly take it to assembly mm. and charge these plates after the assembly mm. in a battery container mm. so there are two options some people do the formation and mm. then the assembly some mm. people do the assembly directly mm. and after that assembly is over mm. then um, you take it to the charging mm. department where mm. you fill it with acid mm. and charge the batteries mm. and that's how you have a ready battery okay now uh, this process though it seems simple when mm. i mention it within 3 <laughs> minutes or 5 minutes actually the process takes more than about 20 days mm. because after the casting you have something known as a age hardening mm. and so the grids are kept like that for 2 mm. to 3 days mm. after that only it can be taken for pasting mm. again after the pasting when you do the curing mm. that's another 48 to 72 hours mm. process and then you have a drying of 24 hours mm. and then you have some intermediate processes like lug brushing mm. and then making of the components mm. for the assembly mm. like the connectors the pillars mm. those are also mm. ancillary jobs which are also getting done simultaneously mm. and then only in the assembly you can mm. assemble after the assembly again you know after the acid filling you cannot directly charge because mm. it gets heated up mm. the electrolyte gets heated up yeah. so you give it a rest period mm. maybe about 6 to 24 hours mm. depending on the ambient mm. and depending on what is the type of plate whether mm. it's a form plate mm. or unformed plate and all that so all these things oh, usually take about 20 21 days right mm. from the day you have put the lead into the furnace okay so it's not a very simple process mm. so and the charging is also very important just assembling a good battery mm. with all the right uh, chemicals mm. you, you also mix certain chemicals like i mentioned in mm. the mixing department but it's not so simple and uh, even if you made a very good battery mm. the charging is very important because mm. you can bugger up by mm. either overcharging mm. heating up the battery mm. doing a fast charging mm. or using a charger which doesn't have proper filters and mm. uh, you know all those uh, safeguards mm. need to be taken care of mm. otherwise you have a lot of ripple current going into the mm. battery mm. all these things are there okay. so the process is very important the quality person has to check at each mm. stage of manufacture mm. and certify it for the next process mm. so that's uh, when it comes to process <laughs> okay. okay thank you so the the process, though the battery seems to be compact mm. 
the process is quite elaborate i'm still uh, uh, still in between the positive and negative plates but <laughs> uh, mm. it's a quite an elaborate process so that yeah. that brings me to a different uh, question which i am getting in my i'm thinking upon is battery is now perceived actually it will be the prime mover for these all the vehicles and all the, hmm. uh, having a green footprint a less uh, uh, environmental footprint so if we consider this elaborate process do you how is it uh, from energy perspective is uh, is it energy efficient are there any opportunities for improvement in energy in this process because what i understand from you seems to be a quite elaborate process uh, it takes almost 21 days to uh, prepare manufacture a battery Mm. so uh, if we see from its own footprint energy footprint how do you see uh, this process see uh, naturally when uh, you say that you are in the i mean process uh, industry there is definitely scope in various departments for saving electricity mm. now in the casting department itself uh, what people do sometimes is when they melt the lead they keep the surface of the lead open so there is a lot of drossing mm. and because of that drossing not only are you generating more scrap mm. but usually what happens is the surface uh, atmospheric uh, temperature cools the top mm. so one of the methods which i always advocate is put charcoal on the top mm. not only is that a reducing agent for reducing your dross mm. but it also retains the heat inside so this is one area where people can save a lot of electricity okay now the second thing is when uh, compressed air hmm. is one thing which is used in various departments uh, for running the various machines hmm. but unfortunately uh, people have a feeling that air is free hmm. okay hmm. they they will be concerned about usage of water concerned about hmm. usage of electricity hmm. but when it comes to air there is a lot of uh, you know it's a myth that mm. it's free mm. air in the atmosphere may be free mm. maybe <laughs> okay <laughs> but then when you are compressing air mm. you use a lot of electricity mm. and suppose there is any leakage in your uh, pipe which you run around mm. all through in the industry mm. and if there is a leakage the compressor is going to start again hmm. to fill up the tank hmm. naturally your electricity is getting consumed yeah. so basically air is not free hmm. there is one particular department known as pickling department hmm. in which uh, they want the people want to bubble the uh, electrolyte hmm. when the pickling operation is carried hmm. out now this bubbling because the air is available and the pipes are going all around hmm. they take a Uh, you know uh, branch out hmm. and they put uh, the pipe in hmm. and pickle in the pickling department they use compressed air hmm. there is no need of uh, compressed air you don't need air under pressure in that department hmm. you only need some air velocity to hmm. keep the liquid bubbling hmm. uh, so what happens is there also i advocate a lot and i say either use a blower hmm. or a simple a device like what is used in a fish tank can be collect, connected mm. and uh, they can use that mm. and that itself mm. also serves the purpose mm. that is one mm. area mm. another area where uh, people also neglect is in either plate formation mm. or uh, in battery charging mm. 
formation is also the charging of the plate hmm. so though we call it formation hmm. it is charging basically hmm. so you are charging plates in the formation department and you are charging batteries in the battery charging hmm. department hmm. in both these areas hmm. they have to use chargers which are more efficient hmm. so it's a question of using uh, equipment hmm. which is good hmm. and efficient hmm. for you to save on power hmm. another thing is many a times uh, people feel that feeding in more current hmm. or for a longer duration hmm. is a good idea hmm. you will get more capacity hmm. which is not true hmm. you have to feed the right amount what is required for the hmm. battery hmm. feeding in more and overcharging a battery does not serve any hmm. purpose and that is one more area where a lot of power is wasted hmm. now uh, when i say there are so many processes what happens is uh, naturally there are going to be so many people mm. there are going to be so many workstations mm. and there are going to be so many quality inspectors mm. also mm. at various workstations mm. near the production area mm. now here also the tendency is use one big lamp mm. and uh, you know 500 watts 1000 mm. watts mm. or whatever mm. or okay even if they have come to leds now mm. they'll use a 200 watts led mm. and light up the area mm. but then lighting up the area doesn't serve the purpose mm. it's better to have smaller lamps mm. more efficient focused mm. near the work mm. stations mm. where the people are sitting mm. and uh, there also there is a lot of scope mm. so instead of having one 200 watts or something mm. if you focus and do this lighting mm. in areas where um, work is being carried mm. out you may end up using only 80 watts mm. rather than a 200 mm. watts and similarly uh, all these uh, you know lighting around the factory also mm. because when you are having so many processes mm. and when you are having uh, so so much of manufacturing naturally the go down i mean mm. the industry is going to be very big mm. so you have a lot of light all around mm. so all these places also uh, electrical audit energy mm. audit needs mm. to be done mm. preferably mm. once in 2 years or 3 mm. years mm. and then a uh, lot of saving can be mm. done and of course gensets also which mm. are used mm. many a times because the power requirement in a battery industry is very huge mm. so the genset which is required mm. are also of big capacities hmm. you cannot use a 35 hmm. kv or 60 hmm. kv and run a industry hmm. so you are going to buy a very big genset hmm. many a times especially in the small scale sector hmm. people then start looking for a second hand genset hmm. or a hmm. used genset hmm. but again one has to be careful that the genset is hmm. well maintained and hmm. good and there is no wastage hmm. when it comes to hmm. genset also hmm. otherwise you have a lot of hmm. inefficient gensets mm. being used and uh, of course compressor i have already mentioned to mm. you yeah. the compressor piping has to be such that there are no leakages mm. because you are taking it all around the factory mm. you are using uh, pneumatics mm. in the pasting department mm. you are using pneumatics in the filling department mm. you are using pneumatics in mm. the casting department mm. there are a lot of pneumatic cylinders mm. used in the heat sealing in the assembly mm. and various areas mm. so the pipe runs through almost the entire factory mm-hmm. the length and breadth mm. and i would always advise use pipes uh, which don't leak mm. preferably don't use flexible pipes 
and now there are a lot of people uh, they, there are aluminium pipes available and mm. they are sealed and uh, you know they do the piping mm. and it's worth using those uh, agencies mm. and getting those things mm. done uh of course there are a lot more areas <laughs> but i i can't think of anything as of now <laughs> i think i think that's that's a lot of elaboration you have taken us through a detailed tour of the plant along with the process how energy is flowing in and out so battery though it's giving us the energy how the battery manufacturing process consumes energy you have given a very detailed thought to it and your tips are worthwhile because what you said is air is free but compressed air is not the another advice which is worthwhile to reflect upon is related to the dg sets because people always think that buying a older dg set a used dg set hmm. is actually not a saving but it is going to be a inefficient addition to the process so so yeah, why why is the think of it another way why is somebody selling a dg set hmm. definitely he has used mm. it he has realized that this dg set is inefficient mm. and i am now going for a new dg mm. set mm. or something like that mm. maybe the reason why he says oh let's get mm. rid of it mm. and then at that time when you're buying a dg set you only think oh i have to generate power mm. but is that the only thing mm. at what cost are you going to generate mm. that power mm. Right. and what is your running cost mm. and the more your usage mm. the more the losses mm. right that's that's right and i i believe this input will be of useful for, for all our listeners so thanks a lot for taking us through this and it's really battery demystified along with batteries you also demystified a lot of other myths related to energy and i'm thankful to you for sparing your time and i again uh, urge the listeners to go through this book battery demystified which you'll and uncover a lot of fa- uh, facets about battery which is going to be the prime mover of everything and it's will be it will be a household thing it is now but its uh, utilization will be much more mul- multifolds and in that context the knowledge of battery will be definitely useful so thanks a lot sir for giving your time thank you very much <laughs> and uh, i hope uh, this podcast uh, episode will be useful for all your listeners too thank you it will be definitely be useful because it's a lot of knowledge gained through a lot of experience and whatever you have seen through building the battery so thank, thank you. you once again thank you hope you enjoyed listening to the episode do share your feedback with srinivas patil on srinivas t patil@gmail.com thank you